Welcome to the Cyberman show, a place that makes you smarter about cyberverse. Beat cybersecurity, cloud, emerging tech, startups or ideas. We have it all. Let's begin. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. My apologies first of all uh, for the long gap. I got hit by a fever and it took me uh, more than few weeks to recover. But I'm back for good. So let's get started today. Uh today uh, we'll do a recap of what happened in the cybersecurity world although everything you know every day there are hundreds of events happening but i try to cover things where from where or or incidents where from which we can learn something right so as i've done that in september i could not do anything in october because of my health i'm back in november you know talking about things uh, that i found useful in november uh, for us to gain more knowledge from so we'll talk about incidents uh, vulnerabilities and exploits advisories or any government entity uh, notifications and related activity around cyber security we'll talk about acquisitions okay so let's get started with incidents so in incidents as you guys uh, know ransomware is the most common category of incident today uh, there was a report that uh, stated that the blackbuster uh, ransomware gang earned more than 100 million dollars in last 2 years now as per this report this group has infected over 329 organizations with ransomware in this time and that they were able to get to this number by analyzing the blockchain transactions uh, and uh, also looking at the records of the companies that were involved and of course as you can imagine not everything or not every transaction has has been accounted because these groups they work uh with multiple exchanges not just one uh now specific to this report the largest uh, ransom that they received was a payment of 9 million dollar and the report also states that at least 18 payments uh, exceeded a million dollar and the average ransom payment was 1.2 million dollars the data also states that 35% of all blackbuster victims paid a ransom uh, for me the the key point is 65% people didn't pay the ransom okay now the researchers also noted that uh, this could be a fraction of what the group actually earned uh, because you know as i was saying they these gangs use various cryptocurrency wallets and mixtures and it's not easy to track all the transactions okay uh, there was another report uh, that was released that spoke about the latest ransomware numbers by the way uh if you are listening to this on spotify um, i do have a youtube channel where i share my screen and uh, you can uh, take screenshots of the report i'm downloading and uh, or, or sharing on my screen uh, and essentially look at the source of this information okay now going back to this report uh this report states that the ransomware attacks uh, across key sectors have significantly dipped in october uh this report came out in november uh, but it has data till october of this year and it is in fact lower than the numbers that were uh, posted in february okay now this rep- report also mentions that the ransomware gangs posted uh, about 253 victims on their extortion sites in october which is a sharp decrease from 4455 victims in september so the ransom num- where numbers are dripping is uh, um, for me 
uh, I think this is just uh, a shift in the focus. What's also happening is the law enforcement agencies are going behind the infrastructure of these professional ransomware uh, gangs or cyber criminals. And uh, once the infrastructure goes down and some of the, these people get logged, it's hard to come up with. It takes time, not hard, but it takes time to come up with the second set of infrastructure to start attacking again. Okay, so I think that's uh, uh, has definitely helped. Uh, uh, most of the large cybersecurity organizations, along with the federal agencies all over the world, are working together uh, and collaborating to handle ransomware-related issues. Also, uh, Slovenia's largest uh, power provider, HSE, has been hit by a ransomware attack. Now, this company accounts for around sixty uh, percent of domestic production, and it is, of course, considered as a critical infrastructure in the country. The company suffered a ransomware attack that compromised its systems, encrypted files, and yet uh, the company says that it did not uh, disrupt the electrical uh, power production. So, which is great. Okay. Now, what I've realized is, uh, since Colonial Pipeline breach. Uh, that critical infrastructure is uh, increasingly getting targeted by these gangs uh, through various means of attacks uh, or techniques, not just ransomware. In the second category of incidents, lot let's talk about uh, private enterprises. Okay, so in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, there were hospitals who uh, were affected by cyber attacks. And uh, there's a company called Capital Health that runs regional medical center in Trenton and Capital Health Medical Center in Hopewell. And that company released a statement that it is experienced network outages because of cybersecurity incident. And uh, they also stated that they are continuing to care for patients both in hospital as well as emergency rooms and at all the other locations and that they have the necessary protocols in place uh, if required. Some elective surgeries were moved to later dates and outpatient radiology appointments were not available when this report was created. Now, I also have to remind you that uh, uh, during COVID, the ransomware gangs made a point of targeting healthcare uh, facilities because they are likely to pay uh, exorbitant ransoms because they are trying to save human lives at any cost. Okay, So, cyber criminals know that and that's why they are coming behind uh, in, uh, the healthcare infrastructure. Okay. Also, uh, another incident, uh, NXP, uh, it's a large chip maker. Uh, they were breached. Hackers spent two years looting secrets of this chip maker. Now, people who don't know about NXP, NXP is Europe's second, uh, second largest semiconductor company behind ASML and they are the largest uh, chip maker by market cap. They make chips that are used in iPhones and Apple Watches and these chips support advanced NFC communication, uh, security mechanisms such as tag originality, tamper detection, authentication for Apple Play. Now the third actor that is uh, targeting them is called uh, Chimera, also known as G0114. And for people who are listening to this uh, podcast for the first time, I just want to brief you that uh, in the industry, there is a practice of giving names to various groups of cyber criminals that helps the, us to track them easily. Now, different companies can always come up with different names for these groups. Uh, and sometimes when they are collaborating, they will try to refer to the same name. Now, going back to the intrusion, this intrusion lasted from uh, late to 2017 to beginning of 2020. I don't know why this report uh, 
came out in 2023 so uh, definitely nxp took its time to report the incident now the report also states that the threat actors period periodically accessed employee mailboxes and network drives in the search of chip designs and another and other uh, intellectual property the breach wasn't uncovered until camera intruders were detected in a separate company network that connected to compromise nxp systems on several occasions now any further details are not available they are closely guarded secret at the time of uh, this report so i really don't know the impact of this uh, what i've realized is you know uh, in last so many years of looking at the industry and and breaches that uh, when it comes to chip makers or people who are uh, in in the business of sensitive uh, hardware software their details are typically guarded uh, and it remains with the federal agencies who are involved it, it rarely comes uh, public okay. okay moving on to government and department agencies so japan's space agency jaxa suffered a cyber attack pointing finger at ad so it had, they had to shut down their intranet and they were still trying to determine the scope of the incident the agency was hit previously in 2012 and 2016 also uh, on the other side of the world in paris a wastewater agency is handling a cyber attack so this organization manages wastewater for 9 million people and the officials have said that they prioritize measures to allow them to maintain the continuity of the public sanitation service for french uh, residents okay. as i said cyber criminals are trying to get anywhere they can make money or can cause disruption for various reasons okay. on the mobile side uh, an app that is used by over 600 schools in india and sri lanka that got breached so there's a company called appscook uh, they have an online classroom app this company got hacked they're based out of kerala state in india and uh, this was because of a digital ocean storage bucket that was left uh, unauthenticated it was wide open for access and cyber criminals uh, were able to fetch a staggering amount of sensitive data including photos of minors home addresses birth certificates uh, all because of this misconfiguration of the storage bucket okay this also has pictures of kids attending pre primary primary and secondary schools home addresses phone numbers lot of sensitive information and potentially this could be bad uh, there could be multiple scenarios where parents uh, are reached out to extort some money you know they can of course take the pictures and mark them and multiple other possibilities uh, exist so i hope uh, the there is some sort of investigation done by the federal authorities uh, as well as new rules have to be in place to ensure that these companies are continuously audited for security best practices and uh, hygiene on the cyber warfare side uh, as you all know there is an ongoing war between israel and hamas so what has happened is cyber criminals are trying to exploit uh, this crisis with fake charity okay so these cyber criminals targeted 12 sorry 212 individuals across 88 organizations and 
they attempted to manipulate sympathy for children in Palestine to solicit fraudulent donations. So they posed as a group called HelpPalestine.com. They are recipients to contribute to campaign to provide support to families in Palestine. They requested cryptocurrency donations ranging from $100 to $5,000. And they also provided wallet addresses for Bitcoin, Litecoin and Ethereum. And to ensure uh, you know that people fall for this or you know, to enhance their credibility the attackers included three links to recent news articles highlighting the impact of conflict on children so this is a typical social engineering uh, exploit uh, that tries to use the heightened emotional response uh, whenever there is a humanitarian crisis and this has happened in covid multiple other times and that's how cyber criminals operate A group called Agrius or Agonizing Serpents, uh, they've uh, been uh, doing destructive cyber attacks since January and uh, at the time of when this report was published, the attacks were still on and what this group does is they try to attempt uh, steal sensitive data such as NEPI information, intellectual property and once the information is with them, they deploy various vipers to cover their tracks as well as ensuring that the infected systems are unusable. So the group is Iranian linked and it's known for using destructive viper and fake ransomware attacks and it essentially targets uh, Israeli organizations across multiple industries and countries. So how the this attack works is they typically uh, exploited the environment by uh, looking in or exploiting by deploying web shells into the vulnerable internet facing web servers and uh, then once they are there uh, in the infrastructure they recon the network by using various uh, known and publicly available scanners like nbt scan vnet drop name scan then they try to steal credentials of users with admin privileges you know and then for lateral movement, they use a tool called PL Link, a very popular tool uh, used by administrators. And this tool helps them create remote tunnels as well as establish connections to remote machines. Okay. And then they also try to exfiltrate data from databases. And then this data is uploaded to various uh, sites, uh, essentially, their drop servers yeah. using. Um, tools like WinSCP and Putty, which are very commonly used in, uh, by administrators. Okay. And they also have a specific tool called a, uh, SQL Extractor. This is a custom built by them and it is used to steal information from uh, SQL databases. And it looks for specific things like ID numbers, passports, email and full addresses. In, and once the exfiltration is done, the Viper payloads are deployed there are various versions of viper i found in the report including a tool called multi-layer uh, that erases evidence uh, once it executes and uh, it runs various commands to prevent restoration of lost data and to render that is com un completely unusable okay so that's how this group operates okay also uh, Bahrainian government websites were down in november uh, after the cyber attack because of a cyber attack over Israeli um, Israel and Hamas conflict 
let's move on to the vulnerability and exploit side as you can imagine you know thousands of vulnerabilities are published every month if not thousand at least hundreds based on softwares and operating system but two critical ones that i found very interesting was uh, one specific to zooms because it's a very popular collaboration app uh, so there is a new exploit or vulnerability that was discovered in june uh, in a specific in a feature called zoom rooms in zoom collaboration app this vulnerability allows uh, an attacker to claim a zoom room service account and gain access to victims organizations tenant and as a service account an attacker would have invisible access to confidential information in team chat whiteboard and other zoom applications and people who don't know about zoom rooms zoom rooms is a system developed by zoom to allow team members to in different physical locations to work together over zoom in a virtual room okay. so this vulnerability lets attacker get into those rooms and gain information uh, shared in that virtual room also uh, water utility was hacked and CISA warned uh, uh, public about the specific vulnerability of uh, Unitronics PLC uh, equipment. Now, in this particular attack, uh, hackers took control of the system um, associated with the water station where water pressure is monitored and regulated. And the report said that there was no risk to water supply or drinking water. Uh, but the hacker essentially targeted a Unitronics vision system, which is a PLC within integrated human machine interface, also known as HMI. And Unitronics product, which essentially the vision products have been known to be affected by critical vulnerabilities that could expose devices to attack. Now, now also note that these systems are often connected to internet and they're not properly configured, they're not secure, they're all mostly without authentication, making it very easy for low-skilled threat actors to access them. So these attackers keep running scripts looking for these publicly available servers and then they try to gain access and try to extort money if not disrupt the operations of that infrastructure. Let's look into what's happening on the uh, you know, advisory side, government entities, and how are they handling cybercrime? So, in Britain, uh, their National Cyber Security Centre uh, has reported that they have hit an all-time high over the past year, and uh, this is after their analysis of uh, 2005 voluntary reports that were sent uh, to the agency by victims, and this was a 64% increase in in the compared to last year. Uh, now, most of these incidents or a large portion of these incidents were about application being had, including 13 nationally significant incidents involving the exploitation of a vulnerability affecting Citrix's Netscaler product. Now, what they also want is that uh, multiple sectors in UK are drawing unwanted attention from state-sponsored and criminal hackers. And they've also named Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea as state sponsors of these cyber activities that has been targeting UK for last 12 months. So, uh, as you can imagine, most of these countries that have the budgets available, they are uh, trying to analyze their own data, trying to report, make public uh, aware of what's happening in the cyber side. In US, 
and specifically new york because their governor has, has proposed uh, several new cyber security rules after hospitals were uh, attack and their operations were limited for multiple times uh, in in this year okay so they the governor has also proposed that hospitals should have a ciso role if they don't have one already and the, the governor wants to force hospitals to establish cyber security programs assess the cyber security risk use defensive mechanisms and uh, implement protection measures for information systems so this is good okay it's uh, it's very rare that you know politicians talk about uh, cyber security i'm very happy that in at least in us people are doing that politicians at least are doing that if not agencies in asia uh, malaysian police have disrupted a massive fast fishing as a service campaign called uh, not a campaign but a operation called bulletproof uh, profit link now for people who don't know fast essentially it's a service that offers uh, phishing kits scam pages uh, phishing email templates and hosts various uh, services to, to make it easy for for anyone to use their service and uh, attack end users or organizations and this platform offer templates uh, for sale including login pages for microsoft office dhl south korea based online platform called lever financial institutions like american express bank of america america consumer credit union royal bank of canada etc what these toolkits help anyone with that with without much technical skill set to you know uh, duplicate page for a popular brand or anyone that they want to target and then shoot out emails thousands of email if required and they charge for this okay now this service was used by around 8000 users and uh, they were also selling credentials stolen credentials which can be used for initial access now in the operation police seized servers computers jewelry and vehicles and they also confiscated cryptocurrency wallets containing about uh, 213000 us dollars so that's in malaysia in australia the federal agency uh, or the federal government has released 2023 to 2030 cyber security strategy which focusing on protecting households and small businesses uh, and has big expectations from telecom provider and they are committing to spend over 2 billion dollars on cyber security uh, and they are they are going to use this funds to establish consumer standards for smart devices software to build threat sharing platform for healthcare sector to strengthen critical infrastructure protection and uplift government cyber security and to professionalize country's cyber workforce and accelerate the cyber industry so this is amazing okay a country trying to focus on uplifting the cyber security posture of its businesses its household i really appreciate that okay in us uh, cisa has released uh, cyber security guidance for healthcare Uh, and public health organization and what they did is in in their guidance they have covered uh, areas like uh, uh, building a set inventory how do you secure your assets then it talks about mit- mitigation strategies including email security phishing prevention access management password policies data protection and loss prevention device logs monitoring vulnerability patch management and configuration management so they 
have released sector specific guidance and this is um, this is great uh, now this is you know i think in last two years because of the non of you know large volume of attacks on healthcare it, it is a much needed uh, activity uh, by sisa uh, okay let's move on to acquisitions which is the last part of this uh, episode so two interesting acquisitions both on services side so central one has acquired a company called curb stamos group uh, and they will create a new entity called pinnacle one strategic advisory group and they will provide high end consulting for enhancing the resilience of their customers as well as prepare them for cyber threats of the future and they are like think tank for hire as their uh, uh, executive said and uh, what they will help their customer is to understand who's targeting them what are they after and how strong their uh, security posture is so essentially it's targeted threat intelligence contextualized threat intelligence and very strategic in nature instead of tactical also sonic wall has bought a services uh, company essentially a managed security service provider that uh, has mdr services soc services and vulnerability management capabilities and uh, it's going to increase their revenue and this is interesting uh, because i've typically not seen many oems uh, going after uh, acquiring mssps oem essentially software or hardware makers that that focus on building uh, uh, new products and they do have services mostly for deploying their own products you know doing health and tuning uh, and uh, also sometimes monitoring but this is uh, mostly the job of system integrator as mssps uh, sonic wall buying one um, is pretty interesting okay. i guess it's a attempt to increase their services revenue with that thank you so much i request you to share this podcast Uh, with your friends keep giving me ideas keep giving me feedbacks so that i can learn improve the content and i'm thankful to all my sources uh, that uh, help me pull all this content together also for people who are still uh, listening i've launched a podcast uh, regional for india in the native language Uh, call hindi it's called cyber sutra it's available on spotify and youtube with that thank you so much i'll see you next time